And we've been singing this morning and we've been singing about the king and the king is coming. And there's a sense in which the king has come and his first coming, Jesus came. And he came to a world which actually mostly rejected him. The religious leaders of the day, of the day spurned him. And the king has come in your life and my life and now we are carriers of the king. We carry Jesus. In John, it says that the, the fullness of the Godhead actually dwells in us. Isn't that an amazing concept? Isn't that an amazing thought that the, that the King lives in us? And there's also with great excitement and anticipation that we look to the fact that the King is coming. And for those of you who are not shy last week, uh, you, uh, this is going to be... Uh, very similar to last week. Some of them will be the same scriptures. Because I know that unless we understand this thought that the king is coming, we can think, where is he? Why is he delaying? Why is he taking such a long time? William Barclay has written a, a whole lot of commentaries, daily commentaries, and gone through, uh, I think, the New Testament and some in the Old Testament. But he records the story of three apprentice demons who came before Satan and he was, they were apprentices and they were going to go out into the world and they were going to sow uh, seeds of doubt and destruction and all those kind of things. And the apprentice said, this first apprentice said, I will tell people there is no God. Satan said, it won't work. They'll know better. The second apprentice demon said, I will tell there is no hell. And Satan said, it won't work. They know better. And the third demon said, I will tell people there's no hurry. There's no hurry. And Satan said, you will gain many souls. And probably at the moment, the world in which we live in has been attacked on all three of those fronts. And there seems to be a lot of victory happening. Seems to be people are turning away from God. And God is now, uh, people don't believe that there is God, that, that this thing all came, this, the universe was just a, an accident. It was a, two molecules, and I don't even know how the molecules got there. And there was this the Big Bang Theory. You need more faith to believe in the Big, big Bang Theory than you do to believe that there's a creator who created the heavens and the, and the universe. And then you'll see preaching and teaching going on in the, in the, in the, in the wider church some, sometimes where they're saying that there's no hell. Well, if there's no hell, then why did Jesus have to go to the cross? Why did he have to die a bloody death? And finally, the third apprentice de demon talked about, don't worry, he's not coming. There's no hurry. There's no urgency. There's no urgency. But let me tell you, beloved, today, there is an urgency. There is an urgency because the, the Lord is coming. And when you read the scriptures, and I've been on this theme for a couple of weeks in my own heart, and my own devotions, and uh, preached last week, and I said, are you ready? And that was the question. Hopefully, you went home and you thought about it. Am I ready? 
Does Jesus live in me? Am I walking with him? And I love reading the Gospels, particularly at the end. Because at the end, Jesus is going and he's getting ready to go and be with his Father. And in John chapter 14, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And so he's warning his disciples, he's preparing his disciples that he's going to go away, that he's going to leave them. And this would have been devastating to them. And so he's preparing their hearts. And he says, he carries on in John 14, 15, 16, and he, and he talks about, it is good, it's to, to your advantage that I go away. Why? Because he sent Holy Spirit to live in us. And the Father comes and makes his home in your heart and my heart. The King has come in our hearts. The King has come to live within us. And he knows that, that we're going to go, there's going to be trials and tribulations and there's going to be difficult things. And that's why he comes and he gives us his presence, his manifest presence in us and amongst us. And then if you go to the other Gospels, the other Gospels don't focus so much on, on, the, on that. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke look at this end time question. Because the disciples come and ask this question, you know, when is the time? When are you going to restore the kingdom? They even did it in Acts. In the beginning of Acts, they were looking at the kingdom of God. When is it going to be established on earth as it is in heaven? And that's part of your mandate and my mandate even now is to bring heaven onto, onto earth. And we are Jesus to the world. We are, we are bringing and advancing the kingdom of God wherever, wherever we go. Wherever you go, wherever you're coaching, you do some coaching. I know some of it is business orientated, and, but you're bringing Jesus because Jesus is in you. And that's the exciting thing. So this adventure that we have in life, this adventure that we carry the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm preaching to myself again this week. Needs to become a heart, a heart knowledge. It's more than just knowing. It's, it's living it out. It's, it's walking it and believing and coming and, and, and making a difference in people's, people's lives and bringing the King. The, the, the people out there are not reading the Scriptures. Newsflash. Most of the church is not reading the scriptures. You know, they do surveys and it's like five minutes a day or, or three minutes a day or something, something along those lines. And we are to be ambassadors of this king, of the king of kings and the lord of lords. I don't know whether any of you, when you were young, some of us, we have to remember a long way back. We played hide and seek. Ayanda, I want to use you as a little bit of an illustration. Sorry, I should have spoken to you before. Now look at these two boys. Aren't they amazing? Dressed in check shirts, looking good. You know what? I'm not in the spirit. Because this morning when I woke up, I looked at my cupboard. 
and I've got a checkered shirt. I got given a checkered shirt for my birthday, and I thought, should I put it on? But obviously I wasn't in the spirit because I didn't put it on. But look at these beautiful guys. Sorry. <laughs> okay, just now when I say it. Okay, so we used to play this game called hide and seek. And, uh, no, you can't hide yet. <laughs> you can't hide yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. You can go and hide. You're hiding from me. I'll close my eyes. I'll close my eyes. And I'm going to count to ten, and then I'm going to come and find you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Coming, ready or not. <laughs> Hot or cold? Give me a, give me a, give me a hit. <laughs> cold. <laughs> Where is he? Cold. <laughs> ah, <then. laughs> Warm. No, no, he, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Should have got, he should have rather. Coming, <laughs> ready or not, you'll see the point. So, slightly different scripture from last week, but similar. Luke 21, 25 to 28, and it's in the newsletter. And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming on the earth. For the powers in heaven will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up. For your salvation is, is near. Your, your redemption draws near. And we see, in just in this, these verses, we see strange happenings in our creation. We see uh, floods and, and uh, earthquakes and uh, the seas, uh, tsunamis, tidal waves, all those kind of things. And uh, we need to take heart in that time. Because when these things begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is, draws near. Your redemption draws near. What do we got to do? We've got to look up. We've got to look up to the finished work on the cross. We've got to look up to God who created the heavens and the universe and has plans and purposes for you and I and plans and purposes for this world. And it seems like he's gone to sleep. It seems like there's nothing much happening. It seems uh, as though he's delaying his return. Why the delay? Well, there's a number of reasons for the delay. One of the reasons is 
in Matthew 24 verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. So the gospel needs to preach. And so Joe and, and, and to all the nations and all the, it's not really nations, it probably should be tra- translated people groups or tribes rather, rather than nations. So the, the scholars all say. But that's the, the thing. When Joe goes down into the valleys, when, when, we, when he's reaching uh, the, the lost, when the, when the kingdom of God is proclaimed and we have demonstrated the kingdom of God, so it's not a kingdom just about words. It's about actions and deeds and praying for the sick and on the street and in the church and everywhere and seeing God's kingdom being demonstrated. And the great news, the exciting thing is you and I get to participate in that. We participate in this great kingdom. Another reason why it might have been delayed is in Romans 11. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So the reason the Lord is waiting, he's waiting for the gathering of the church. He's waiting to gather all the saints whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Did you know that before you even existed, before the world was even form before the foundations of the earth, God had you in mind. He had your name. Just, just think of that's mind-blowing. I'm just getting so excited by, the, by, by these scriptures that, that, I, that I actually, uh, my mind races, and my words get all, maybe I'm speaking in tongues, but no. But, but I, I get so excited that, that there will be a time where all Israel will be saved at the, when the uh, fullness of the Gentiles comes in. And that is just jolly exciting. So, 2 Peter chapter 3. Let's have a look at this. This is the second letter that I'm writing to you. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind and by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will, scoffers will come in the last days, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked the fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of the water and through the water by the word of God and that by, by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. So there was a flood. It hasn't always been the same. There was a flood and we look back to, to Noah's days. Just reading a bit further on. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved. That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Not wishing that you should perish, anyone should perish, but they should, we should all reach repentance. But the day of the Lord 
will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done in it will also be exposed. Everything's going to be exposed. All the corruption, all the crime, everything will be exposed. We might get away with it here, but we're not going to get away with it when Jesus comes. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in life? What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the hastening of the coming of the day of, of, of God? What sort of people should we be in the light of these scriptures that I've read? Sorry, let's just swap this around. What sort of people should we be? We should be people who are holy, who are righteous. We should be living a life, the life of Jesus and living with Him. So, as in the days of Noah, so will it be. People will be getting married and given in marriage, etc., etc. Just imagine poor old Noah. Imagine the ridicule and the and the flack that he would take when God told him to build an ark. Just remember in those days, they hadn't had any rain. There was a vapor that encircled the earth, so they'd never had experienced rain. And he got told to build an ark. And this ark was a, a pretty big boat, and it took 120 years to build Imagine the, the conversation going on at, around town. What is this guy? This guy has lost it. He's completely mad. Why is he building this thing? And we have a look and we need to realize that he was not just a boat builder. He was a preacher. He was a preacher of righteousness. His life would have threatened the people around him. So for 120 years, they went on life as usual while he preached judgment, while he preached uh, the need to turn, the need for righteousness, while he lived that life. And they still wouldn't believe. Just think of it. Never experienced rain. And suddenly, there's a drop. A heavy drop. A heavy drop of rain. Imagine what they would have thought. What is this? Did some dinosaur sneeze? What is it? So, they were drowned. Only seven people saved. Only seven people went into the ark. Eight. Sorry. I'm glad we got some good theologians here. They know the number. I just uh, drop in a mistake every now and again to see whether you're awake. Because my next line was, we need to be ready. We need to be alert. We need to be, watch out what the preacher says from the front. Because he might quote something wrong. He might see, you, you must judge everything according to what the scriptures say. 
We need to be ready, brothers and sisters and family. You know, if you have a look, there's a fire station just up the road. And uh, some of them live and sleep there at night and, they, and they're ready. What are they ready for? They're ready for the call that says there's a fire. They are, their clothes are all packed and all ready and, and, and right next to them. And they, within a few minutes, a few seconds, will have their clothes on. They'll be sliding down the pole. Uh, in the old days, it was always, it was always like that. It was, it was great fun. And they would, they would respond to the fire. They would be ready. Are you ready? Because the Lord is coming ready or not. He's going to come. You hear me? Thank you. There's one person who hears me. Are you ready? Arise, we sang that song, Arise, this is the final hour. I was going to get another whole story of the ten virgins. And uh, the bridegroom came and some of them weren't ready, five of them weren't ready. And they didn't get in. There's some hard scriptures. They didn't, they, they, when they came to the, the wedding feast, they couldn't get in. They weren't ready. Their lights, their lamps, their torches had no oil. Had no oil. Are you ready? Yeah, the five who didn't, I mean, that's quite a difficult one. So the, so the point of the parable is meant to teach us about his, about his second coming. That he's coming to judge sinners and reward righteousness. That he's coming, his coming is sudden and unexpected. And so that everyone should be prepared. And afterwards there would be no second chance. People may knock all they want, but the door will be shut. That day of opportunity will have come and gone forever. This is just the scriptures. Have gone forever. We don't have any, we don't have any second chance. Are you ready? And are we gonna preach the gospel and go and, and share the, share the good news? And are we gonna be the good news wherever you are? We can't share I mean, it's quite difficult to, to get around that, that thing why they didn't share. But, I, but it was just, just a thought. And I think Anne, we were chatting on, on Tuesday at our team meeting. And uh, our own intimacy with God, it's our own intimacy with God that counts. I can't get to heaven on Mary Ellen's revelation or some other preacher's revelation. I need, you and I need a revelation of of. Of salvation. We need to be intimate with our king. So let's pray. Let's stand.